Welcome to the DJ Insider Podcast, sponsored by Amplified Events. It's the only podcast where we break down insider information from our weddings, experiences, and advice from over 15 years in the wedding industry. We're your hosts. I'm Mike Kane, owner of Amplified Events. And I'm Chris Zart, general manager of Amplified Events. Let's get into it. Okay, welcome. Thank you. Today, we have a very special guest. We've got Mason Raycroft from Raycroft Recordings. Uh, So yeah, welcome to the podcast. Excited to have you on. Um, We met, I want to say 2020, 2021, something like that. 2020, Jessica and Noah White's wedding at the Lighthouse. Yes. I mean, you already have it locked and loaded. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) I remember remember when I meet like everybody. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But I remember, yeah, it was just like, okay, yeah, cool, cool, cool person. She's professional. She's on it. And then you immediately tagged us in your footage. And I was like, that is awesome. So I was like, shared it because I'm a DJ and I'm not good at making content. <laughs> so I was so appreciative. And so we just shared it. And then I think a, the week later, we had a, a sales meeting and the couple was looking for a videographer. And I was like, oh, yeah, this person just tagged us at that venue. And I recommend And it just started from there. And then more and more, we've been working weddings together. And uh, it's been great. And then I even saw you at Eric Yeager's wedding <laughs> two yeah. weeks ago. So <laughs> That was a nice surprise. Uh, it's fantastic. So, yeah, welcome to the podcast. We're excited to have you on. Tell us a little about Raycroft Recordings. How did you get started and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So the way I got started, I feel like is how most wedding vendors get started doing weddings was just someone I knew needed someone to film their wedding. It happened to be my boyfriend's brother, but before we were even dating. So it was like really high pressure. Like, let me go meet his whole family for the first time. And we're not even like official. Um, but luckily it worked out. We're still together. Uh, and that was December, 2019. Uh, so pretty soon before COVID. So I got into it at like a really weird time. Yeah. Um, and then I was still in college. It was my senior year. So I graduated May 2020. My last semester of college was a mess because of COVID. And then I was, you know, trying to figure out what did I want to do. I went to school for broadcasting at Purdue Northwest. And I so I knew I wanted to do more field work, something more hands-on where I could feel more control with it because, you know, I had so many different experiences with being at a TV studio, radio studio, like working in groups versus field work and field work was definitely for me. And so once I filmed that first wedding, I was like, this feels like I'm in a movie. I was like, this is insane. And so I just kind of went with that when it came graduation time and I decided that I was gonna, you know, I did all the research you do when you start a business and figured it out and, I founded my business in July 2020. I booked seven weddings um, from July to December 2020, and then it just took off from there. That's awesome. Yeah. And so kind of what – that was my next question is what initially attracted you to shooting weddings, and it, it, is it fair to say that it's – you're doing the field work mm-hmm. uh, and that uh, you're able to be the director, producer, cinematographer, editor, yeah, all things in one. Yeah. And you're, uh, I would say, unique in, in some ways as a videographer. You're a single op. It's just you. Um, you don't hire second shooters necessarily unless the people want that or mm-hmm. you need that. Um, and I, I remember seeing you at one time you had, is it you had like a leg? Your, your leg was broken? Yes. And you were shooting. <laughs> I had a boot on. Um, I want to say that was last year. It was actually, I was filming a wedding on my birthday almost a year ago. And I kind of stepped in a weird hole. It was like really sandy like grass and I kind of tweaked my foot and I had already had an injury to my toe in that February 
And so those two things combined ended up putting me in a boot for like the rest of the oh year. Goodness. The rest of my weddings, I was like limping around. <laughs> and then I got carpal, I was diagnosed with carpal tunnel. So then I would have oh. like the wrist brace and oh, the boot. No. And they were like, are you okay? Like, why are you here? And I was like, it's fine. So yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's another thing that impressed me about it. It's just, it's just you and you, you didn't have any help and you just like, I'm going to shoot this wedding. I'm going to, you had that really cool wagon thing. I was like, oh, that's genius. I want one of those. Like. Amazon. Yes, you load up the equipment and just drag drag it right up, and you're good to go. Um, so do you do two, like, is it two or three cameras? You'll set up a camera, and then you'll shoot, and mm-hmm. what's, your, what's your typical setup that you use? Yeah, so for a ceremony, for example, I'll set up two tripods, one facing the groom, one facing the bride, and then I'll have one on myself so that I can get that center shot and, you know, people coming down the aisle. But then also once that ceremony starts, I'm looking for reaction shots. Ooh. Oh, you're fine. Um, I'm looking for reaction shots for, you know, the parents of the bride and the groom, you know, bridal party, really emotional guests. Um, and then also, like, I get the details either right before or right after the ceremony as well um, with that roaming handheld. Uh, so, yeah, three cameras. And then same thing for speeches. I'll have a tripod set for the reactions of the bride and groom, a tripod set for the speaker, and then... Sometimes I'll roam for reactions for speeches, but then lately what I've been doing is because speakers like to move around a lot because, you know, it's like high pressure (laughs) giving a speech to like 150 people and you don't even know half of them. um, They'll move around. And so I I started roaming with the speaker camera. But yeah, two to three going at a time. So people will ask me, like, do you hire a second person when they hop on a call with me? And I'm like, no, that's just a tripod I set up. It, It looks that way. So that's the fun magic part of it is I can make it things look like one thing's happening when the other's happening. And you always have another shot just in case the one mm-hmm. didn't work and yeah. you have multiple kind of backups and uh, that's really cool. And that's honestly a lot of work and really it takes a lot of planning and, and coordinating to mm-hmm. set up clear, 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 you know? Yeah. Uh, what are some things that you love about shooting weddings? Like getting into this, I'm sure initially it's like I get to do the field work, but now it's like you've learned some new things since doing it. What what are some things you love about doing this? I think my favorite thing about shooting weddings is getting to know the couples and the people who are important to them and like hearing their stories. Like, how did you guys meet? How, you know, why is this person your maid of honor? What are memories you have of, you know, the bride and the groom together, bride and bride, groom and groom. Um, And, just hearing different experiences from people because everybody not only has different experiences built up, but then they also all have different perspectives. And so it's really cool to dive into that and to then when you get into post-production, kind of put it all together. Um, And everyone's going to have a different way to put that together too. If you give me the same content that you give another videographer, we're going to make two totally different wedding films. And so I think that's really cool. You think it's important? I, I, I've done it. I haven't done any videography, but I've I've uh, I've hired and, and worked with videographers, and I've noticed that some companies do where they just hire somebody just to shoot it, and they hire another company to edit it, or they'll literally send that footage overseas mm-hmm. for somebody to edit it. What, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's important to to have? Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I don't even know. So outsourcing editing is something that was brought to my attention more last year. Um, I took a class actually through a podcast I listened to called How to Film Weddings. And um, I took a year-long course and something that they shared with us, they had like a partnership through a company called VidFlow. Um, And so 
you just send them their footage and you work with an editor with like what you want, what the couple wants and it takes work to set it up. Um, and so that's the main thing that kind of turns me off from outsourcing editing. Like I mentioned earlier, I like having that control aspect yeah. and it's a lot of work as it is, um, being a solo shooter and solo editor. Like I don't have necessarily a team. Sure. I have people I refer to when I need to, but um, I'm mostly doing it all myself. So to go to somebody and outsource and then to have to teach them, like, this is my style. This is what my couples are looking for. Um, this is what I'm looking to accomplish. This is what I want my audience to feel. That That's a lot of work. That's a lot of setup. Um, obviously, once you set that up and you get into a good flow with an editor that matches you, then um, it, it's a pretty seamless process because some people are just not about the editing and they're more about the shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, some people prefer editing versus shooting. I'm, I started off pretty balanced. I'm leaning more towards shooting now. Mm. Um, but that's, that's just because I'm so particular in the edits and they take so long. Sure. Um, so it's not for everybody. It's not something that's for me at this point in time, but I could see myself potentially like getting to that point of outsourcing. Sure. Um, but I don't discredit anyone who chooses to do that because I get it. It's, you know, it's for certain types of people. Yeah. So to me, that's kind of like line dances for mm-hmm. DJing, that it's like it's a tool. Mm-hmm. It's useful, but it, you want to go to it every time and you don't want it to be overdone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is an art to what you do and it's a unique thing. And if you weren't there and you didn't have a vision, you didn't meet this couple, you know, there's things that just can't be. Yes. And, and Chris, uh, he he does some kind of amateur kind of shooting for us and, and shooting on his own. And he talks about all the time when, when he shoots something, he already knows, has a vision in his mind about how he wants it to look. Mm-hmm. So he knows he needs to get this shot, this shot here. It's already planning that out. Uh, which I thought was so interesting because that's how I do it as a DJ. I'm, when I meet a couple, when I look at their song requests, I'm already starting to get an idea in my mind about how this party's going to go and what kind of things I want to do and what kind of things I want to avoid. Um, and I just I just find that so interesting and fascinating. Is there anything, you know, you're working with couples all the time, and there's couples, of course, who listen to this podcast who've either already booked somebody or, or haven't booked yet or, you know, people who are going to be guests at weddings. What is something that you wish like more people knew about what you do about videography? That's a really good question. I feel like there's so many different directions I could take my answer. Sure. Um, I wish that people understood that while video and photo can get kind of merged into one in people's heads, they're two totally different things. Um, and as a videographer who works mostly in weddings I'm looking for story elements which some photographers do they're story driven um but I'm not looking to pose people I'm not you know trying to make something that isn't true to the moment necessarily I'm looking to capture the moment in all its rawness and to just enhance it um in a professional way where it can be as timeless as possible. And that's a key word that I hear from a lot of my couples is like, oh, I want it to be timeless. And I empathize with that a lot because I know if it was me, that's what I would want. And so that's kind of how I view like my approach to my work is like, I want that to be timeless. I want it to be something that like someone's going to look back on it in 20 years, 50 years, and like they're going to be happy um, because you can hear the voices of your loved ones again that you may not be able to hear a week from the wedding. Um, faces of people who come together for this big milestone in your life, and they're probably not all going to be in the same room again ever. And so 
I'm looking to make sure that I can like preserve those memories like to the best of my ability. And I feel like the, I'm biased, but I feel like the best way to preserve those types of memories is through the art of video because you have both audio and visual paired up versus with a photo, which I respect photographers a lot. It's just a snap of a moment, you know, and you don't hear what's going on around you. Um, you don't feel it as much. You can feel things through photos, but I just feel like video is just like that step above. And so when I still feel like with the wedding industry right now, couples are more, they view photo as a much higher priority than video. And everyone's different. You're going to have different priorities. But overall, majority is someone's going to pay $3,000 for a photographer rather than a videographer. And I wish that it was more evened out um, just because they are so different and they can give you different products, different art, um, different memories. Yeah, and they come at it with a different approach too mm -hmm. with the, the goal to capture and, and this, you know, a lot of, you have to do portraits, you have to do staged family shots and there's certain things you want to get the elements. And uh, when I used to sell videography, I would say, yeah, picture's worth a thousand words. It absolutely is. It's worth it. But the video, you get all those words too. Mm -hmm. And you get that person in their essence. And, uh, you know, my, my father passed away in 2016, but he married us in 2012. And I'm so glad my best friends were videographers. Uh, and I was like, would you film my wedding? And they did. And so that's some of the only video footage I have of my dad being himself up there, proud. His son is getting married. Like, it's beautiful. And I showed some of those moments at his memorial, at his funeral, uh, which is really cool. And I have that for life. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a, it, I've captured it. Anybody who's lost someone close to them, you listen to all the voicemails they left you. You listen, you have their voice again. And so that's what I think is a really cool thing about video. Pictures, of course, I have a thousand pictures of my dad. But I only have a few videos. And I'm so glad I have that because it's at his wedding. It's like he's in a great mood. He's dressed up. He's looking yeah. great. You know, he's look, everyone's awesome. looking their best, you know. Yeah. That reminds me of a wedding I did last January. I knew going into the day, and this is why it's so huge to like meet with couples and really get to know them on a personal level before you even enter the wedding day, because then you know what to look for. But my, um, the couple was already technically married, but they didn't have their big wedding celebration because of COVID um, and because the father of the bride was sick. He was uh, diagnosed with cancer. I'm not sure what kind, but pretty bad. And so they did something really small to make sure that he was there and then they planned for the big event, whether he was there or not. You know, they still wanted to get all their family and friends together. And so they did. And I'm so grateful that I was there for it. And I mic up both my bride and my groom, as long as, you know, the dress allows. Mm -hmm. um, you don't want to show through. And I'm so glad that I was able to mic up that bride because she did a dance with her dad, father-daughter dance. But then she also brought in her two sisters uh, because they knew they were both younger mm. and they knew that he wasn't going to make it to their weddings. And so they were still able to have that father daughter dance at their sister's wedding. And then within that year, he passed away. Oh my goodness. And I think it's so cool that, you know, I was able to capture that very private conversation for them. That's not something I'm going to make public. Yeah. You know, that's not something I'm going to use for my gain. But that's such a precious moment that they can go back and reflect on that yes. and listen back and be back in that moment of their dance with their dad. And they have that the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. They can relive that moment. Mm -hmm. That is so cool. Yeah. Like, if someone has already booked a videographer, mm -hmm. it, you or anyone, uh, any videographer, 
do you have any advice you'd give them about how to get the most out of that experience with their videographer? Yeah. Um, so like I said, like meeting with the couple, I'll have probably a 30 to 60 minute consultation call with people on Zoom before they ever book. And when people inquire, I let them know, like, I'm not exchanging any money until we meet. Like, even if they've made their decision, I'm like, that's great. I love that. Thank you so much. I still want to meet with you and make sure that this is a good fit going both ways. Um, and most of the time it goes pretty well. And from there, I just work on developing a relationship with my clients. You know, if they're on social media, I add them on, you know, Facebook, Instagram. Sometimes people like TikTok um, and just see like, you know, what are, what are they up to? Um, you know, are they getting their masters? Do they have kids? Do they get a new pet? Like, you know, what's are what kind of challenges are they facing in their lives? And that just gives you such a good idea, like going into the wedding day of like, okay, who, who really is this person? What's going on with them right now? Other than getting married, like, you know, what might be on their mind? How may they be feeling? Um, and then, just continuing that relationship. Um, I really enjoy talking to people. I'll, I'll meet with my couples at least twice. Um, I let them know, like, if you want to meet for coffee, if you want to get, you know, lunch or drinks or whatever, like I'm down, whatever you want to do. I'll, I want to say that one of my brides I had this June, I met her in the spring and I, I live in, I lived in Highland at the time and I drove out to Valpo and met her at uh, Fluid, and her mom and her, her sister, who was her maid of honor, they came, and her daughter came, and we talked for like an hour. And so then when I showed up on the day of, they knew who I was, they knew what to expect to me cause I, from me, because I already explained it to them, and I knew what they needed mm. on that day. And, you know, you have a little kid, and you're trying to get in your wedding dress, like, it can be a little chaotic. And so, like, <laughs> knowing kind of how to help calm somebody down, help them focus on, you know, their priority in that moment and, you know, find ways to help alleviate maybe any stress or any pressure. Like I tell my, I tell my couples, like, I'm your hype woman, but I will also be your bodyguard if anyone comes to you <laughs> with any sort of stress or bad juju or anything. Like I'm here to deflect that and just like send positive vibes your way. Um, and so, yeah, I just think that, so if they book a videographer, get to know them. Yeah, get to know them to is, know. like, the biggest thing that you can do because then let's, like, you're with your photographer and your videographer majority of the day. Yeah. Like, that's – you're maybe not even your spouse. If you're not doing a first look and photos and all that before your ceremony, I mean, you're waiting half the day to even see the person you're getting married to, right? And so, like, making sure that you have – that you vibe well with the people who are going to spend the mo most of the day with you. You know, I'm – sitting there making people up, going under their skirts and like <laughs> in the most appropriate way possible. Um, you know, just like being in a very vulnerable and important moment in somebody's life. Like you want to share that with the best people you can. And yeah. so getting to know your vendors, not even just videographer, your vendor, I think is a big thing. And then asking those like technical questions too, like how many mics are you, you know, how do you, who are you making up? How many people are you making up? Like, you know, how many cameras? Like you asked me earlier, like, what are you focusing on capturing? And I ask those questions in return. What's your main priority of the day? What are you looking to accomplish from your wedding day? You know, like, what do you want the feelings to be? What feelings do you want reflected in your video? Um, 
and asking for them to like look at other wedding videos too, not just my own. Yeah. That's a big thing that I tell couples is like, I want you to look at my work. Yes. Make sure that you like it. But also I want you to find videos that you do and or don't like from other people and let me know what elements you like and dislike and we can dive into that. Um, so yeah, just really getting to know each other makes for like the best client relationship and then also like the best products. Yeah. I love that too, where we do, we do like the must plays and don't plays Mm -hmm. that really helps me get to understand what you like, don't like, because as a DJ, I'm I'm sure as a videographer too, you, you're making decisions in the moment about what to shoot, how to shoot it, what song to play, what song not to play. And the better you know that couple, the more informed you are to make those decisions to, you know, they're going to like this one. You know that somebody requested this. We're not going to do that at mm-hmm. all. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. So you can really focus on, you know, what the priorities are, what's important to best pull out what that couple wants to best mm-hmm. capture that day. Now, you mentioned other vendors because other vendors are involved in that day too. And I know there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen when it comes to making this day special, what advice or what things that you've experienced or that, you know, any vendors listening, what it's like to, to work with them. And as a videographer, what are your priorities? How can they better help everybody get a win mm-hmm. on the videography side of things? I will say off the bat, I've been very fortunate more recently to work with just like stellar vendor teams. Like I don't think I've had complaints all year. Oh, good. <laughs> like I finally reached that point where like I'm working with the people I want to work with. Like it's really awesome. Um, but yeah, I think because the, it's like you're a jack of all trades, master of none almost when yes. it comes to videography, you've got lighting, you've got audio, you've got the cameras itself. Um, and then also like it's a live event. So as much as you plan, you can't really plan um, too much because people are going to do what they want to do. So (laughs) setting up all that different equipment, um, like I invested in lighting last year. I invested more in my audio equipment this year um, to be able to capture everything to the best of my ability. It comes down to timeline. It really comes down to timeline with that um, and just making sure that I'm communicating not only with the couple, but if they have a planner or coordinator. A lot of the times I feel like around here the photographer is in charge of the timeline. Mm. And so communicating with them and then obviously like the DJ is like the master of the reception time. Um, And so like communication is always key always has been key, always will be key. And so communicating with the vendors and making sure that everyone has time to do what they need to do in order to do their job to the best of their ability. Um, And so like a lot of the times I'll I'll make sure I know when the photographer is doing family portraits and then I'll be like, okay, I'm going to set up my lights for the reception and I'm going to hook up to the DJ board and talk with the DJ for a little bit about the speech setup and make sure that we're good to go with that. And then by the time I'm done with that, it's probably time to do bridal party photos or couple portraits or something like that. And then I'm able to come back for that. And so it's like so many different moving parts to coordinate um, on the day of. And yeah, just making sure that like vendors are all on the same page with that and that we give each other that time that we need um, to do our job. Yeah. 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 It's so crazy how many moving parts there are. And I don't think about that like always for video. You have to get the audio too. 
is it, yeah, you shoot it, but if you can't hear it, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, like also, yeah, like you have to worry about no both dialogue. things. You yeah. have to worry about photo and DJ, mm -hmm. <laughs> and both of them can kind of mess it up for you. I can imagine a DJ starting without you before you're recording the audio, and a, and a photographer stamp walking through your shot. Yeah, you know, and vice versa. I'm sure photographers would say video people or DJs walking through their shot mm -hmm. or starting with that. You know, it's always an interesting. Uh, so I, I always try to I do our best to like when I meet with vendors day of like what's your timeline what do you have what do I have what time do you guys need to leave by yeah. um, and you know what shots are we doing what time's dinner that kind of thing and yeah. I try to give people hey we're gonna get started make sure you're set you're set you know mm -hmm. <laughs> try to set everybody up for a win yeah. <laughs> rather than uh, so like oh by the way we're doing this and you're not ready you know yeah and I always appreciate that with you guys is like you're always making sure that like we're good to go and so anytime <laughs> I walk in and I see you I'm like okay <laughs> we try our best but sometimes you know we get discombobulated and somebody's like let's do it now and I'm like oh okay yeah sure and I'm like oh no like and so then I'm really thankful for vendors like yourself and and, and photographers that are like yeah they're just ready to shoot they're just mm -hmm. ready to go yeah, yeah uh, at a moment's notice do you have any memorable or sweet uh, fun unique experiences that you've had that, you know, stories that well, I had a not so fun one in mind. Oh, okay. I was say, I, I, that's my next question: is what <laughs> wild ones are are, are crazy or? That's like the first the first one that comes to mind. Chris was there. Oh my god! You weren't there. Chris was there. June of last year, and I had just gotten a third cam my third camera, like two weeks prior to this wedding, and I was booked all June. I was booked. I had double header. I had a double header that weekend. It was my first of the two. And we're doing the anniversary dance. And so I like to take a wide shot off the tripod of the anniversary dance to try and get as much couples in the shot as possible for my couples who get, like, the unedited footage, those key moments. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, I'm roaming with mine to get those nice close-up shots. And I put my tripod next to Chris's speaker. And... So that way it was, like, very noticeable. Yeah, safe place to put safe it. Safe place. And a guest who had a little too much to drink or wasn't paying attention or something tripped over my tripod. Me, Chris, the bride, maid of honor, the photographer, just watched it fall in slow motion and the lens shattered. I had never seen anything like it in my life. And so it was just a bunch of broken glass inside the lens. Luckily, the camera was fine. Like, the SD card's fine. Um, tripod was fine. But the lens, oh it was like a $1,300 lens. expensive. Yes. And I wanted to cry oh, so bad. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I was just like, what do I, like, what do, I do? And the, the kicker of it all, I think, was that Everyone around, everyone who saw it happen, they were like, are you okay? Oh, my gosh, is it going to be okay? The person who did it, no remorse, <laughs> no sorry. He looked at me, and he was like, you got insurance, right? <sighs> Which, yes, yes, I do. Thank you very much. Um, but I have a wedding tomorrow, yeah. and so now I'm down a man. And so, like, again, communication. Let my couple know. <sighs> Luckily, I had a minimum of two. Um, but... Yeah, that was, like, the wildest thing. And then, like, the insurance just took forever. And oh, it was, like, I had to – it got to a point where it's, like, I had to replace it before I could wait yes. yeah, for the reimbursement because it's, like – You need it. I need it, yeah. And so that that was tough. That was definitely a learning lesson. I, like, went outside and I called oh, no. my parents. And I was, like, do I get their contact information? Thing is, like, a car accident. I was, yeah. like, do I get their information for my insurance? And they were, like, no. Like, yeah. just – 
look at your insurance first thing when you get home. And I was like, all right. So yeah, that was definitely rocked me the wrong way Ooh. a little bit. Um, what yeah. a nightmare. Yeah. We've had a, a couple of those things. We had something like this summer where we had just torrential rain just ruined everything, you know, almost a total loss yeah. of equipment. Uh, and yeah, we have insurance, but it's really most of it is most of its liability mm -hmm. to, to protect people, to protect our employees and, um, the way I view it, I'm sure you viewed it a similar way. Yeah, my contract says that the couple is responsible, but I'm not going to bill the couple $1,300 or whatever it is because I want them to be happy about their experience with right. me, and I want them – it's going to cost me way more business long-term if this couple is upset that I charge them for this lens or this speaker. Right. And so I usually just pay that out of pocket. I take the hit because mm -hmm. uh, generally the loss is five grand or less. Mm -hmm. If it was more, then, yeah, I really have to do something mm -hmm. big about that. Uh, it's just easier cost of doing business, but it's a miserable. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Slow motion. I understand. It you was. Just, oh. Well, and it's like, it's a funny thing with something like that because we're in a business with like of people, yeah. like we're in the business of people and of love too. And so it's like being really careful about like considering people's feelings as well as like the business side of things at the same time. And it's like, okay, I could go either way, but what's going to be more beneficial? Yeah, like for the parties involved. Drunken, callous response. You have insurance, right? Yeah. It was like, <laughs> well, yeah, I'd like to not use it. I'd like to have a thing that's not broken. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That have you ever recorded anything? They're like, whoa, this is crazy. They don't realize I was recording. <laughs> um. Without just revealing too many details, you know. I... Okay, one's a camera recording. One's an audio recording. For sure. sure. So this is the beauty of leaving a mic on a groom all day. Um, I'll do the camera recording first. So that was actually this year, my first wedding of the year. And the couple has it. Like they were happy about having this memory. So it's fine. Um, the one of the groomsmen, or no, I'm sorry. Backtrack. For sure. Someone, a guest put a bride in the chair at their reception. It was a little later into the night. We were actually at Aberdeen. And... The guest is just like being funny, goofy, the Magic Mike song, oh, Pony okay. was playing. Gotcha, okay. And so she's given her like a lap dance. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, okay, funny. And then they moved. Groomsman grabs the groom, puts him in the chair. And the groomsman, a lot of them, their pants didn't fit. <laughs> and so, and this is a tall, fit guy. And he starts, and he's just goofy, goofy dance moves all night. It was so fun. <laughs> he starts giving the groom a lap dance and he does this little like drop to like the beat and his pants ripped and he was wearing a thong underneath. What? Which I guess he planned on like showing the groom or something like as a funny thing anyway. And so you just hear it and, and you just see this big rip down the middle of his pants and everyone lost it. And I was about to leave, but then that, they started doing this stuff, and I was like, let me let me stay for a second, and I'm so glad that I did. I'm you caught that. Yeah, so it was funny. the best thing. And then I would say audio-wise, I mean, I leave the mic on my groom all day yeah. just as, like, a safety net kind of thing, and I let them know. Like, I don't really go through and listen to a lot of stuff all day, but I had a groom who got very ill 
um, because he doesn't really drink and his groomsmen had him drinking oh, and it was yeah. hot out. They oh, did their no. wedding in like a greenhouse kind of thing. And so he just, he wasn't feeling good. And it was luckily he, he, he got through the ceremony and then afterwards he just got sick. Well, his mic was still on. Oh no. And so a few, 20 minutes after the ceremony, um, the photographer comes over and hands me my mic and he was like, um, you're going to want to clean that. <laughs> he definitely threw up multiple times. He was like, so I figured I'd just grab it for you while he, <laughs> while he was taking care of that. And I was like, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Cause I don't do bodily fluids. <laughs> so yeah, oh that was definitely something I didn't go back to listen for it, but I listened around it to make sure I knew when to like cut that off because that was one where it's like they wanted the audio file yes um on their flash drive and so i was like let me trim that up a little bit and make sure <laughs> you don't relive that part so yeah those are very wild things that happened uh any favorite places to film um i've been to allure on the lake a lot mm -hmm. i think i have four weddings there this year i like it i just like the really big windows i like that they have the bridal suite there um they have an outdoor ceremony space now which yes. i really like um i would also say i don't know there's just like i've been to so many different places where it's like a lot of them were like destination places i'm like oh i want to like keep filming there yes. um but the likelihood of like you know going back repetitively is very slim um but in the area um, I like Aberdeen. I like their big ballroom in their courtyard. Um, White Oak. Mm. We were at White Oak this year. That was my first time going there. Um, and that was gorgeous. I love how they had the different barns and like all the different land there. Um, there was another one. Oh, Fair Oaks Farm. Oh, yes. Yeah. I like them a lot. I'll be there um, in three weeks. I think, and I haven't been there in like over a year now. I like booked a bunch back to back to back and then it was like, didn't go there. And so now I'm coming back and that'll be nice. Um, yeah, I just like places with like a lot of different elements to it. Um, you know, indoor and outdoor spaces. Cause you know, you can't predict the weather as much as you try, like something weird could happen. So just having like that flexibility. Um, and I, I'm a sucker for anything outside, um, any sort of, you know, like, landscaping um just pulling in natural elements i feel like is just really fun and it's good for you it's good it's good for your soul to be outside so i like anything any venue that has outside stuff you mentioned destination what's it what's it like filming like a destination wedding um it's really fun but traveling as much as i love traveling my body doesn't do well with changes in air quality. <laughs> so um, I have to like give myself cushions of time if I'm gonna travel. Um, but I, it was weird. I traveled a lot the first end of this season. Um, I went I went to, I drove to North Carolina and I did um, like a micro wedding, I would say there, just like up in the mountains, got up, got to the bride's Airbnb at like 6 a.m drove her an hour and a half up the mountain to do like a first look and then came back and did the ceremony and all that. Um, so yeah, North Carolina, uh, mountains, love that. Um, I did Arizona a couple of years ago, oh, different type of mountains. Yes. Lots of cacti. I loved yeah. looking at the cacti. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, 
going, I did Kentucky this year, um, going to like just different environments, like even just within the U.S. and like seeing the different types of like cultures in the area and then like the different um, just like ecosystems and stuff and being able to like incorporate that um, into a film and just like you look at the couple and it's like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Yes. Um, That's so fun. Um, I've only flown with my equipment once though and that was to Arizona. Um, And any other thing has been a road trip. Was that kind of nerve-wracking? Did you have to check a bag or did you like bring it on the plane? Um, All your camera lenses, everything. I made my, any of my equipment was carry-on. I was nervous. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That one was like 10 people. So I didn't, and it was like all outside and it was my friend from college. So that was a really cool experience to just like travel light. Um, She didn't want anything big, but like we went on a hike the day before at like a state park and just got like portraits of them there. She didn't hire a photographer. So I was like the only like vendor that she hired. I was her hair and makeup and dress person and video and all that yeah Here and chauffeur go. dj as well is that D- it? dj my um my boyfriend came with me for that one and oh, he was awesome. like doing the facebook live stream for her family <laughs> um so we were just like doing everything for that um so yeah traveling is really cool because i feel like you just experience so many different things um and it's not the same as like okay let me pack up my car the morning of and just like go through my ru- morning routine and it's like it's very different like approach into the day and it sets a different tone and it's like more exciting i feel like yeah 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 we did i've done a few destinations i did one at disney down in florida which was amazing at the grand floridian it was it was really cool uh yeah i had my one turntable in my bag my carry-on a small one and i had a a backup one in my like my checked bag (laughs) yeah that's fair i got stopped at security both times because they're like what is this like Mm -hmm. we got to pull this out you know yeah i'm always scared of that is that i'll pack my stuff and to go shoot and they'll be like, what is this? Or yeah. it's left or yeah, they yeah. get into it and break it. Yeah, no fun. Uh, favorite wedding moments that you love to film mm. or or even ones that like always stress you out. I know as a, as a DJ, I always feel better when ceremony's done and when speeches are done. Mm-hmm. Intros as well are pretty stressful, but once I get a dance floor going, yeah, what are your some of your favorite wedding moments to, to kind of film? I would say when a couple chooses to do their vows personally, like before or after the ceremony, but they still let us like capture it. That would probably be my favorite moment just because, you know, when you're saying something like so personal, so heartfelt um, to the person you're marrying in a private setting, I feel like you can really feel those emotions to their fullest and like feel the words to their fullest versus everyone staring at you <laughs> and you're speaking into a microphone and I do. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so, um, yeah, I think that those are like the most special moments cause you hear things that like you wouldn't typically hear. Um, and some people do their personal vows in the ceremony and those are still really fun. Um, the Fleischmann wedding we did. Yes, yeah, yeah. Their vows were really, really good. They, they were. And they spent time on them, you could tell. Yeah. They're personal. Yes. You got to know the couple by listening to the vows. Exactly. Those are That's my favorite type of vow, or vows, or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, favorite moment, kind of. Yeah. And speeches, too. When when the speeches are good, oh, like... Gosh. So many bad ones. Yeah. 
that that's one thing. That's another. Going back to your previous question. <laughs> Sorry, I could just like I told you I could like talk forever. This is my this favorite stuff. thing about a pot. He's like, we can, we yeah. can talk forever. Um, when people ask individuals in their party or certain parents to give a speech or a toast, and this isn't the person who's cut out to give a speech or a toast. Um, I I wish that. It wasn't so so much of a traditional thing. Well, oh, well, they're the best man, so they have to give a speech. More so, like, who's going to be the person who can tell the best story for you? Yes. Like, who's the, who's the person who's going to have the best words to say to where, you know, it's not a bunch of inside jokes. Like, you can throw some inside jokes in there. But I've had some where it's just, like, joke after joke after joke. And the only person laughing is, like, the bride or the groom. Yeah. And or maybe both of them. Um, and... That's tough because then it's like from the videographer perspective, it's like I can't really include that that in the film (laughs) like because it doesn't make sense, you know, and not everything's going to make sense. And that's part of my job is making, you know, figuring out what makes sense. Um, But, yeah, just like being more flexible with like who's going to speak and not feeling obligated for a certain person to speak just because they hold a certain title. Um, And I think that can be really fun. It's just like letting someone else do it um or even like the bride and groom i've i've heard some good like speeches from brides before and those are really interesting so yeah anything with dialogue and emotion i'm like that's my favorite moment same and it can make or break and i see mostly breaks Mm -hmm. but when they make it so powerful Mm -hmm. Uh, but i see so many people who do the common mistakes they give the making of the speech when i sat down to write this you don't need to don't need to tell us how this speech was written, guy, you know? For those of you who don't know me, yeah. my name's Mason. <laughs> After we just interviewed, introduced <laughs> them, give it up for Mason, you know? Yeah. Like, Hi, I'm Mason, yeah. Yeah. Um, or that people do, yeah, the inside jokes. They give way too many details to tell a story that yeah. really leads to nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's supposed to be a gift Yes. for the couple. And, and you see it and I see it, but yours is compounded because you're recording it as a memory for the couple. And mm-hmm. they usually want that, I would assume, yeah. the speeches to remember. And is like, this person gave a bad speech and it kind of ruined a lot of the moment. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that. That's what's on the line. And I always tell people, if you're nervous, if you're not good at this, keep it short and sweet. Mm-hmm. Say, you guys, you both look amazing. Thank you for having me. I love you guys both. Congratulations. Yeah. That's a great speech. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you've got that. You can put that. That's quotable. You can throw that in the thing. You know, you guys are my best friends. I know you're going to be super happy together. Mm -hmm. You can keep it short and sweet that short. And that's the better way to do it rather than to go on for 20 minutes about some story in college about whatever. The groom did this Mm -hmm. next next thing. and and, uh. No one wants to hear about how badly the groom beat you in basketball in elementary school and how like no just unless it somehow (laughs) is equates to that his that's part of his character and it's laughable and it's a good memory yeah it's it's approachable from everybody can relate to that yeah yeah it's the same with we see that parents parent speeches a lot where they you know you've spent a lifetime with this kid they've they've raised them of course there's there's too many things to talk about mm-hmm. in the five minutes you've allotted. I would say keep it two minutes or less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, people don't listen. But yeah, once it, we hit that five minute mark, I'm like, ugh, okay. And that's how the guests are too. Mm-hmm. The guests are like, okay, all right, yeah. we get it. You love this person. We get it. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other moments like that where 
we, we call it on this podcast, like, it's not going to go the way you think where couples have this vision. They, they want you to do something. They want you to capture something or do some fun edit. And you understand kind of what they're going for because it's, uh, you know, it's an online, it's a trend or a, a thing. But it's just not going to, there's a way to make that better than yes. what you're saying. Um, a couple things come to mind. The first thing that comes to mind is um, I did a Nigerian wedding a couple of years ago. And if you look up at Nigerian weddings on YouTube, they're like crazy. Like so many Pristine moving one. parts. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so cool. Like I was doing my research on it. She was explaining it to me like, oh, there's going to be this many people, continuous dancing, like throwing money around, like the dowry, all this different stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. It goes back to you guys did an episode on environment. The environment for that wedding in particular wasn't matching what the bride had in her head. Not only that, a lot of people didn't come because a lot of people invited were from Nigeria and they couldn't make it. And so, like, that was really heartbreaking. They ended their reception. I was helping them clean up at 845. Oh, my goodness. And it was like she wanted a film that was, like, party, upbeat, dancing, you know, with including all those traditions, which I did my best. Yeah. But, but there was nobody, no one dancing. Nobody to do those traditions. Yeah. So that was tough. Um, and then, oh, what was the other one that I just had in my head? Some. What did you ask? Sorry. Yeah, I call it, it. it's not going to go the way you think. People have a vision. They want you to capture something or do something. They kind of set a goal in your mind, yeah. what which is good. That's helpful. But sometimes you as a videographer, and you do this every weekend, and you know, if I do that, it's not going to go the way you envision it in your mind. Mm -hmm. There's actually, a, if you're going for that, there's another way to do that that's mm -hmm. actually better and, and it's easier to do. Yeah. We have that all the time as DJs. People want, you know, uh, they want like a 10-minute father-daughter dance. And I'm like, that's so long. You want that to be two or three minutes or less. Mm -hmm. That's a long time to be dancing with your dad alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I get it. You have a hard time picking just one song to show how much you love your daughter and vice versa. But uh, you're really looking for a sweet moment. When you're in front of everybody, it's a different story. You don't know how you're going to feel in that moment. And so that's, as a DJ, we talk about it. It's not going to go the way you think. Mm -hmm. It's a nice way of saying that yeah. we do this. We know what that's going to be like. You don't do this. And I know that you want that, but I don't think you really want that. Yeah. Um, I'll get people who are like, oh, I want to, I really liked this video that you did. I liked, you know, how it was romantic and dramatic and slow. And it's like, okay, well, consider the venue, consider the theme or not theme of the wedding. The couple, they did, you know, they did a first look and personal vows. And, you know, the one that people referenced the most for me, the video I did, was the bride wrote a journal to her future husband and she never actually addressed his name until her last entry before the wedding. Mm. And so she like read that to him at their first look and they're, you know, highly emotional people. First looks is like that main thing where people are like, they see that high emotion in someone else's first look and they're like, Oh, I really want that. Mm. I want to do all these first looks and get all these reactions. But then the people involved may not be feeling that way. And so it's like, I can't make them cry. Yeah. You know, I can choose the right music and the right moments and try to make people cry, which I do. 
but I can't like make your groom cry when you walk down the aisle. You can't force tears. I can't force tears. (laughs) I'm sorry. They haven't. I don't have that update yet. (laughs) Give us raw emotion on post. (laughs) Right. But yeah, that's like the main thing is just like the feeling of the day and the emotions that they want to accomplish, which I I ask a lot of questions about to do my best to accomplish that. Um, But if, yeah, the people involved or the setup like aren't matching that, then it's really hard to um, make a film that reflects something that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you can only really use what's, what's been, you have been given. Mm-hmm. We have that too, where it's like, we want this rager dance party. I'm like, well, who's attending? Well, it's all of our, our parents' retired friends and it's a Sunday wedding at, at, and uh-huh. we're done at eight o'clock. Yep. And I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll see if we can get them to rage. Yeah. <laughs> you know? There's just things that, that what people want and, 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 the, the factual limitations of the venue, the space, the day, the time, the, who's attending. The, yeah. There's other factors that they haven't thought about. Yeah. Uh, but once you talk about it like that, then they're aware of. But it's hard as a wedding vendor because part of the sale is this, like, beautiful, memorable thing. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be this very important and special day. And I think a lot of people put this emphasis on it has to be perfect. Yeah. And uh, the best advice I give is it's not going to be perfect, mm-hmm. but it can be great. Yes. Um, Anyway, I would love it for it to be perfect, mm-hmm. but I find that the best way to be for things to be perfect is for people to just enjoy the moment and enjoy yeah. the day. Do you have any moments or things I call like, don't be that guy, wedding guests, uh-huh. couples, speeches, any, any, any vendors, any, any, anybody where like, come on, man, like, mm-hmm. don't be that guy. Um, quite a few, <laughs> quite a few. <laughs> <There's> somebody. <laughs> um, I had a I'm do my best not to specify like time and place. Yeah, yeah, that, it's right. Time. Leave yeah. names out of it. Yeah, um, yeah. I had someone's family member, so sitting at one of the front tables, um, making loud comments during speeches. And I mean, like the table was very close to the bride and groom sweetheart table, so they could hear the comments and. I'm pretty sure, like, mother of the bride was sitting at that table and had to keep telling the person, like, hey, like, stop. And me and my camera are very close to that person as well. So I'm picking up on my camera audio this guy's unsolicited feedback. Luckily, again, I use microphones very specific to who's speak, supposed to be speaking. Um, but, yeah, it was, like, constant. They had, like, five different speeches, I want to say, and he just – you could tell he was intoxicated – um, and someone had to like walk him out of the room, and it's like that's a thing where it's like it's not about you. Oh my god! It's about it's about the couple. It's about happiness. It's a cel- <sighs> You know, this is a celebration. Like, can we not be? <laughs> can we not be that guy? Um, the guy was giving drunk and heckling the speeches. Yes, yeah, basically oh heckling god. the speeches. Like he got up in the middle of someone's speech, walked across the dance floor where they were giving the speech to the bar, walked back across. And as he was crossing, he was like, no one cares or something like that. And I was just like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Great. All right. Don't be that guy. Yeah, don't be that guy. Um, <laughs> That's a good one. Another one would be like, I worked with a photographer who, any, any photographer I work with, even if it's someone that I've worked with before, you know, if we're in a different space or whatever, like I always communicate like where I'm going to put my cameras and let people know like, 
I asked the photographer, where do you plan on standing for the ceremony? Where do you plan on being for speeches? Just so, and I let them know, I'm only asking just to make sure that like we're not cross cross shooting, getting in each other's way. Like yeah. I want to respect your space and I expect vice versa. You know, yeah, we're a team. Mine too. Yeah. yeah. And so I did have a photographer who during the ceremony and the speeches kept getting up right in front of the people. Like in the ceremony was the big thing where it's like they were right in front of the bride and groom. And it was not only blocking my view, but like people Everybody's, sitting there. You have a lens. Yeah. Use it. Yeah. And I know. get it. Like people use prime lenses and stuff. And that's why like I don't like prime lenses as much for like needing to get up close. I prefer my zoom so I can stand in the back and still looks like I'm standing right there. Um, but yeah, with that and then like the speeches again, I told you I like set up a tripod for like a reaction shot and they just kept back and forth and back and forth right in front. And it's like walk around it. Like, you know, you don't have to cut right in front of it. Just walk around it. And so um, that was something where it's like really nice person. Like I enjoyed their energy. I enjoyed working with them minus the fact that it's like you were literally in my way all day. <laughs> but, you know, I made it work. It, it is what it is. It's like part of being a pro. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like. That's something I can't control. Like I did, I did my part to communicate. And that's one of my big things. As long as I did my part, like, yeah, I'm going to be a little upset about it for a day, but then I'm moving on and I'm editing it and they don't even know that that happened. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I feel like I have really long-winded answers it's to great. all of your questions. No, that's fantastic. That's <laughs> what I'm giving you more content. That's what I want. That's what I'm going for. I'm really trying to just like highlight, oh, what does this person do? what's interesting about this and uh, you know, to kind of show off what we do for a living. It's kind of cool. It's a fun, it's a really weird job, Yeah. but it's a really fun job. Yes. And uh, I wish more people did it and knew about it. And the people who are doing it, there's always ways they could be doing it better. And I find this is a great way to like communicate that. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love that you guys are doing this podcast and just like getting more information to whether it's vendors or couples, like you're kind of, you're hitting all those different points to just like help spread knowledge. We're trying. Yeah. We're trying. And just build up everybody. Yeah. You know, network and, and make everybody better. Mm. Um, but Mason, it has been great. Thank you so much for coming on. Please come back and see us. Yeah, of course. We, we love you. We love your work. And uh, if people are interested in you capturing their love story and their special day, what's the best way they can kind of reach out to you? Uh, through my website, recraftrecordings.com. I have an inquiry form on there. Helps me streamline any information on my couples. So, yeah. And I get people through Instagram and Facebook too, but my website's the main main one. Awesome. Well, great. This has been the DJ Insider Podcast. I'm Mike from Amplified Events. I'm Mason from Raycroft Recordings. And we will see you at your wedding. <laughs> Thanks. Okay.